forward to uh, launching this uh, teaching series called Like a Child. Now, before we start, I want to just give some credit to uh, folks. I do not make the artwork. Um, there's a church called Life Church. TV out in uh, Oklahoma, and they make all kinds of stuff, and then they just say, here, it's free, please use it. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, if you have the version Bible app on your phone or your tablet, they do that. It's from that church. So I was like to this stuff, and I thought, hey, that's, that's a great way to go, go count down to Christmas. I'd like to experience Christmas like a child. There's a song like that, and I won't sing it. You're welcome. Um, uh, I've been looking forward to that. Why do you guys? I, I always like Advent and counting down to Christmas, but this year I was really looking forward to uh, this series of like a child. Uh, by the way, if you like uh, the messages or something that you hear in something, one of the messages, any of our messages, or if you know somebody who thinks, wow, they really need to hear this, uh, there's a couple of ways you can help uh, help yourself or help somebody else. Uh, you can hear the all of our messages either on CD by telling Raymond there at the back uh, in the booth that you would like to have a copy of it on the CD, or on our podcast, you can find that in the iTunes store. The links are on the Facebook page most every Sunday afternoon. Uh, there's a place on the church website that says messages. You click on that page and there's, there's stuff there. And you, it's easy to find and send people to it. It is a great tool to help uh, others hear the message and to repeat the message when you're thinking to yourself, I'm not really sure if he said what I think he said. Uh, and you want to make sure that you heard me right. Uh, a new series is built on a verse that we're going to use every week to start uh, the message. And, and so we, I'm just going to introduce it this morning. It's Mark 10, 15. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child, like a child, will never enter it. You will not receive the kingdom of God like a good child. You will never receive it. We have to receive the kingdom of God. We have to receive all that God wants to give to us like a child. Uh, Jesus was implying that we should have our life faith and confidence and trust in Him. And, and so we're going to be looking at Jesus uh, from the perspective of the child. I'm going to give you a quick overview. Here we go. Week one. Uh, Jesus is for me. Week two, Jesus is with me. Week three, Jesus forgives me. And week four, Jesus can do anything. And by the way, that's the Sunday that we're inviting everybody to come on that Sunday. So, uh, in case you're wondering, you ought to be praying for that Sunday as well as inviting people. Uh, today, though, we're going to talk about the first Sunday. Jesus is for me. Listen. Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. Um, Paul's writing a letter to the church of Rome, and he's kind of coming to a uh, climax of sorts with the uh, with what he's been talking about. 
how much God loves us and how much He's done for us and how His grace can help us and change us and set us free. And He says, What well, then shall we say in response to these things? Let God is for us. Who can be against us? Yeah. He prays. God is for us. And we're looking at it from a kid's perspective. Jesus is for us. All right? Hold on to that. We're coming back. He went on to say, he called us on to say, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge to this place who God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who has raised the life that the right hand of God, and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? For it, as it is written, for your sake we face death. We face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Now, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is for us. That's all that if God is for us, who can be against us? I'm going to ask you to allow me a, a little liberty with the question. I want to change the question a little bit. Paul says, if God is for us, who? And then he, I want to change the question to, if God is for us, why? On behalf of many people who have struggled with some things, I want to ask this question. If God is for us, why? We don't often talk about this out loud, but I want to bring it out of us the silent, dark corners of our hearts and minds and talk about it right here, right now with all of us together. If God is for us, then why? If God is for us, then, then why did my loved one commit suicide? If God is for us, then, then why did a car accident make my friend a brain dead vegetable? If God is for us, then why did my child start to abuse drugs? If God is for us, why can't we have our own babies? If God is for us, then, then why was He born blind? If God is for us, why did my mom get sick? 
if God is for us, then why would we not? Again. If God is for us, then why do my best friend be crazy? God is for us, then why did he abuse my child? If God is for us, then why did my dad have a stroke? If God is for us, why can't I find a godly neighbor? God is for us, and why can't my family make ends meet from pay period to pay period? Now, first of all, I want, to, I want you to know, please understand that it is not, uh, that asking questions like these are not, are not essentially improper. It's not wrong to ask these questions. Jesus himself called out on the cross as he was being crucified, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? A couple of years ago, a song came out um, called Blessings. It's by a lady named Laura Story. Now, the first time I heard this, I don't know about you, but the first time I heard that, I thought, well, that's an interesting stage name, but it's actually her name, her last name, Story. It's not one of those things. There are other names I've heard that I would, you know, that was my name, I would change it. But story is, I think it's kind of a cool name. But she, she wrote this, this song called Blessings, and uh, let me just share some of the lyrics. She says, We pray for blessings, we pray for peace, comfort for family, protection while we sleep, we pray for healing, for prosperity, we pray for your mighty hands to ease our suffering. And all the while, you hear each spoken word, yet love is way too much. Yet love us way too much to give us lesser things. If you ask a powerful question, because what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights is what it takes to know you're near? What if the trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? And then the next verse, he asks some more questions. What if my greatest disappointment or the aging of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst this world can't satisfy? What if the trials of this life, the rain, the storms, the hardest nights have no mercies in disguise. Now, okay, confession time. I'm a little bit of a sarcastic, cynical person. If you have never noticed that, I try not to act surprised, as most people won't be. Uh, so I've heard this talk. I've heard this talk many times, and I thought to myself, well, that's nice. 
always important to have the backstory behind the text. You read some of the things that Paul writes. He wrote a letter to the Philippians, and in multiple times, all of them talked about joy and rejoicing, and you need to be joyful. And you would think that everything was, you know, his life was just wonderful. Uh, until you realize he was actually writing it from a Roman dungeon. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Uh, when things are really bad, you're still rejoicing. That's interesting. He wrote this song. He asked these questions, and they're, and they're good questions, but on the surface, without knowing the backstory or what's going on in her life, it just sounds like something nice to say. Okay? Some of you are already upset with me. I'm not very sensitive. I can live with that. Here's her backstory. She wrote a book about this. I love her book. I love her the title. Someday I may use it. Can't use it. She's already used it. I don't know about this one. God has insisted lessons you never wanted to learn, the truths you can't live without. You see, her story was that as a newlywed, her husband was diagnosed with a brain tumor. An incurable, inoperable brain tumor that uh, took away his short-term memory, his eyesight, and caused other kinds of complications. And the life that she had dreamed of growing up, like she's going to get married, and all this other, all that fairy tale dreams, she wasn't possible. And she struggled with this question: How do I live with my broken dreams? And she says, in this, I found my deepest intimacy with Jesus. Now, here's the interesting thing. Most of us who are followers of Jesus think that we really need to tell people about all the good things God does for us. So that they'll want to be Christians, too. They don't want to follow Jesus because they know how blessed it is to follow Jesus. So we, we tell them all about the good things. But you know what that really does for most people in this world? It makes them think, well, you know, if God had treated me that well, I'd probably follow him too. My life's a mess. If God had blessed me like that, like he's apparently blessed now, then... But my life is a mess. One of the things we need to learn to do is be honest with our struggles. If we act like we've never had any trouble and we've never understood and never had questions and we've never struggled with things, it's not going to help anybody. Can't help each other. We want to be able to encourage each other, and we won't be able to encourage people who don't know Jesus yet to know that, you know, in this world, Jesus said and promised, you're going to have trouble. That, if anybody ever tells you, I don't believe the Bible, 
say, ask them if you could just go ask them one question. And they say, Jesus said, in this world you're going to have trouble. Do you believe that? Everybody shouldn't believe that. That's in the Bible. This world is going to have trouble. We share our heart in our broken relationships. We share about our illnesses and deaths of loved ones. We share about the crimes committed against us, the jobs that we've lost, and the, the things that we've, the setbacks we've experienced. We, we talk about the issues we've had to deal with and how Jesus has been with us even in those circumstances, then we're offering something to people. People understand that following Jesus isn't about having a trouble-free life, but it's about having the troubles of life with Jesus with us. And it's going to be helpful. There, there's a myth that we've bought into. You, you might even call it a lie. And that is that God can only use my story when there's a happy ending. Well, I don't want to tell you this, but I'm going to do it anyway. The happy ending comes when Jesus comes back and we're all resurrected and we spend the rest of eternity in heaven. Your story's not done yet. And if you wait till your happy ending to tell anybody about your story, there won't be anybody left to hear your story. Here's the truth. God can use our stories wherever we are in the, in, the, in the journey with Him, in the walk with Him, wherever we are in our life with Him, wherever we are in our story, we can, He can use it when we trust Him. And we just tell people the honest truth. I'm a mess here, but I'm not alone in my mess. Because Jesus is just because Jesus is for us, we are not exempt from troubles. Uh, that would be, in my personal opinion, and I've talked to the Lord about this, and He doesn't seem to care what my opinion is. Uh, but it would be a hard idea to convince people to follow Jesus and believe in Him. Yet the moment you receive Jesus, every disease you ever had or could have would heal, and the bills were paid, and you actually had a lot of money. Can you imagine? I don't think you would want to be a Christian. Because I would be sick and I'd be laughing. So I'm just walking down the street and I want to be a Christian. I don't want to be a Christian. I don't want to be a Christian. I don't want to be a Christian. And for some reason, it isn't the way it works. One of the things happened to us is that. Some things happen to us specifically because we're following Jesus. Yeah, we don't face this. But you notice one of the things that was in Paul's list was persecution. And 
statement, we're like sheep to sheep, but for slaughter. We don't face jail time or death or beatings for following Jesus in our country, but there are millions of people around the world who do. Remember this group called ISIS? They kind of come and gone, but you remember what they used to do with Christians? They videoed them slowly taking their heads off. Why? Because they were following Jesus. They didn't do that to just everybody, just to the Christians. Sometimes they have a problem simply because they're following Jesus. So here's the sermon in the sentence. We need the Holy Spirit to immerse us in Jesus' immense, infinite love. Oh. There we go. We need to invite the Holy Spirit to immerse us in Jesus' immense, infinite love. Hey, do you remember the last time? You, uh, you left behind a childish notion. Uh, let me give you a couple of examples. I, I still remember. Uh, I remember where I was when this happened. It happened many years ago. Well, it seems like many years to me. Um, I was sitting in the little trailer that Connie and I had bought. Well, I was, for me, it was, I was going to school in Kentucky. We were living there in this little trailer. How little was it? Some of you have RVs bigger than the trailer we had. I was standing at the stove, stirring with one hand, and playing the piano on the other side of the living room at the same time. No exaggeration. The front bedroom, we could not put a full not a queen size, we could not put a full size bed in the front bedroom. Well, Leaning up against the wall, we could, but that's not very comfortable to sleep. <laughs> and I'm writing out the for the utility bills, and I'm writing the gas bill. And, uh, again, this, this and we could not this house. Uh, there was the metal ceiling, and there was the panel, and I don't think there was any insulation in this thing. And, and I just was writing the check and thinking to myself, about how good I had it when mom and dad paid these bills. Oh, they don't have a childish notion. Kind of a self-centered thing. Wow. Then there was this time that I realized that there really was, in many ways, no difference between us and our neighbors. Our kids got sick. Their kids got sick. They played together. Our kids got sick for months. Our jobs were terminated. Other people's jobs were terminated. Our, our finances were in a, a, a shambles, and many of our neighbors were struggling as well. But uh, then we realized, as we're standing there thinking, there's really no difference between us and all these other people in terms of the problems we're facing. There's one, there's one thing we didn't realize we had that many people don't have. And that is, we had Jesus. And He was in for us. 
And we put aside that childish notion of, well, I'm no better off than anybody else, when, 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 and realize that facing trouble with Jesus beats facing trouble without Jesus every single day. Doesn't solve the problems, doesn't take them away, but it's, you know, a whole lot in this world, we're going to have suffering and sorrow. And we have, though, the opportunity to rejoice in knowing that no matter what happens, no matter what we're going through, Jesus is for us. And that joy really can only flow out of a heart experiencing His love. I can talk to you about how much God loves you. Now until the cows come home, and since none of us own cows, that'll be a long time. I can tell you all about it. It will be perhaps if I do a really good job. It might be inspirational. It might be encouraging, and you might go home with that. Who else can you like this? But until you experience it. It'll just be something you've heard about. There's, this is a, divine, a matter of divine revelation. This is a matter of something the Holy Spirit does in us and for us. And it's something that, frankly, none of us should settle for living life without. We should not. We should. I don't think tell you, I don't think you should go another day without making sure you've invited the Holy Spirit to immerse you in the infinite, measureless, immense love of Jesus. Okay, for all of those who are here, well, what if nothing happens? Great, again! And again! And you're thinking, wait a minute, I've already done that. But I'm pretty sure that if you mention infinite in the day, you haven't experienced all of it. Well, I've been following Jesus longer than you've been alive. Very few of you can say that. I know point fingers. But it doesn't matter. I have a sense that once we get to heaven, and we've been there 10,000 years in Jesus' songwriting church. We still have that experience all of it. There's a huge difference between childish and childlike. Since we're talking about this month about being childlike, I want to clarify now the difference between childish and childlike. Childish faith isn't really faith at all. You see, faith is trust and confidence and, and believing in somebody and, and, and being loyal to them. And, and childish faith knows about stuff, has no facts, but doctrines maybe, but it's selfish. Childish demands its own way and expects God to meet its needs immediately, if not sooner. Childlike faith believes that God loves uh, and will never 
fail us no matter what it looks like right now. We need to move from childish faith to childlike confidence in Jesus being for us. Now, we will not see the need to make the move from childish to childlike unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to us. I can tell you about it. But in a lot of ways, it's like me telling you about green grass if you've never seen green grass. Or me trying to describe the ocean if you've never seen an ocean. The Holy Spirit has to do something to make that a reality. We will not make the move. We won't see the need unless the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to the need. And we will not make the move unless the Holy Spirit helps us to experience Jesus' love in a way that convinces us that He really is for us, no matter what's going on. I may be, I may be starving to death, maybe famine, I may be naked at there, maybe sword, maybe persecution. But He's still for me. I'm not alone. There's nothing. There's no one that can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing. No one. No circumstances. This is not the end of the story. I know the end of the story. The end of the story is even if you kill me, he's going to raise me. And I'm going to live with him forever. That's the end of the story. I'm not saying that. I can tell that it still hurts. We need to invite the Holy Spirit to immerse us in Jesus' immense, infinite life. And when He does, we're going to know that we know, that we know, that we know that no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on, Jesus is for me. And so here's the question. Will you invite the Holy Spirit to immerse you in His immense, infinite love for your friends and your family members who, who don't know Jesus yet and ask the Holy Spirit to immerse them. To immerse them with His love. I, I read an article recently and I think I shared it on the church's Facebook page about how guilty people into church attendance doesn't work. I think that stopped working a long time ago, about the same time trying to guilt me into eating broccoli or, you know, my, my parents would, I, like, you know, there are people starving in China or Africa or someplace that can eat to eat that. I said, I had a better idea was put it in a box and mail it to them. I'd be glad if that's like my food for them. That's a whole other story, isn't it? You ought to go to church. It's not the way to invite somebody. Okay? 
used to go to church all the time. Why aren't you going to church all the time? Well, where's that? Because I don't like to be around you. I don't know anybody that honest yet, but I'm pretty sure I read a couple of mine, but you know, maybe I'm not. Will you invite the Holy Spirit to immerse you? Will you invite the Holy Spirit to immerse your friends and your family and your loved ones? Will you invite people to come to cook you by the bed? Invite them to that. But you know, can squeeze it into your schedule because nobody's holiday schedule is that like lots of free time. Nobody's. But invite them and say, you know, when I'm in church, when I get together with God's family, I experience His love in a way that I can't anywhere else. And I would love for you to have that opportunity if you can make it. And if they say they can't, give them a present anyway. See? You don't love them anyway. Will you refuse to settle for merely hearing about Jesus' love? And will you just keep asking until it's true? Will you ask until you begin to have a grasp about how wide and how long and how high and how deep His love is? Let's start making it happen. Let's pray. Spirit of the living God. Immerse us in your immense, infinite love. Jesus, we have knowledge about you, and we're thankful for that because our lives would be a mess, a worse mess than they are now if we didn't know about you, but we want something deeper. I, I want a deeper knowledge uh, and experience of you. I want to know you, not just about you. I want to know your love, not just about your love. So here and now, I humble myself Flood me with the love of Jesus. Melt me, mold me, fill me. Remove every obstacle until Jesus' love is the center.